take a time machine back to before the world went to hell. Around the year 2000. The 80s and 90s were so rad. The movies, the music, the TV, the games. That's what I want to talk about. Like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And continue the conversation on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're cool enough, join the show on Patreon for exclusive bonus content. And now... Less Than 2,000 with Adam Wentz and Chad Bischoff. Less Than 2,000. The podcast. Weird is literally the movie I didn't know that I absolutely needed. And probably at the time that I needed it, which was I watched it two days ago. So I'm telling you. I know we're not going to spend our time talking about this movie, but it it literally is everything that encompasses almost who you and I are from a comedic yeah. standpoint. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I the problem is we can't do any spoilers on this episode because that is a movie that just came out and it's very hard to find because it's a free thing on Roku, not a channel anymore, just an app. <laughs> That is a a remote device that you happen to be able to watch content. And that's the only place you can watch it. So anybody who hasn't seen it, whether you love Weird Al or not, you have to see this movie because it it it's a satire that makes fun of all biopics. I mean, it's just, it's epic. And I wasn't going to watch it. And Adam, thank you for saying you really need to watch it, bro. Because it it was like the highlight of my week so far. It's a it's a it's a really good movie. It's very very fun. It's got a ton of great comedic actors: Rain Wilson, Jack Black, Weird Al. Weird Al makes a he's not even a cameo. (laughs) He's like repeatedly in it. The the yeah. Officer Dangle, uh, so many great actors. Uh, McGruber, <laughs> just it was just a who's who. The woman who played Madonna was fantastic, and that's not a spoiler because she's probably the second biggest character in the movie. She's in and, the trailer. She's in the and, trailer, and, and, and so good. It's it's well, worth and the your lead, time. Daniel Radcliffe. I mean, you can't leave. You've named all the celebrities, but Daniel Radcliffe. Oh my God. Like, yeah, he was really I'm good. like sitting there and, you know, some of his pictures, he looks a little bit like he's been on a lot of drugs, red eyes, very, I'm like, and, and, and you just, I kind of don't see it. Then I saw Wait. him in it and I was like, oh my God, he is weird Al. Like he nailed the role. So I don't know post 2000 celebrities, but is that Harry Potter? Is that who Daniel Radcliffe is? Yes. It most oh my god! Is. I appreciate. I see. I didn't even know who it was, and I'm I'm amazed that I had that knowledge in my brain. I am surprised that that's who that is. That you that you put that together. Weird Al, parody king. I mean, for decades. Pro- I mean, there have been some great parodies that that you've sent me that we've shared over the years, but there is nobody, nobody who has done it better more consistently and stayed incredible no matter what decade it is it's in from the 80s the 90s i know that's where we'll probably stop but i I mean the stuff he did in the 2000s it kept it going 
And and somebody one time said, it's like, you know you're getting old when you now no longer understand or know the music that Weird Al's parroting. So he's staying relevant more so than so many adults that are like, what's Weird Al saying now? What's weird? Yes. And I wish I could remember who that comedian was that said that. But he's like, I remember growing up and Weird Al would take on people and I'd be like, Go get him, Weird Al. <laughs> Let him have it. And it's like, and then at a certain point, I'm like, I don't know the source material. I have no idea what this is. And to let you in on the window on my soul, yes, we, we're we not going past 2000. But the last Weird Al song that I've been aware of was 2006, White and Nerdy. Okay? That's oh, where yeah. my knowledge of Weird Al completely stopped. So we're talking, that is almost 20 years old now yeah but i mean just just think about this uh, over 150 parodies did over a 1000 wow. live shows he literally has earned five grammy awards and further 11 nominations. nominations four yeah. gold records six platinum records and his first top 10 billboard al- album believe it or not was straight out of linwood and he started in the 70s he started in the 70s and to remain relevant. I mean, he broke out in the 80s, but his career started in the late 70s. And and he, to stay relevant that long in any form of entertainment, let alone having your finger on the pulse of popular culture enough to, to know what songs to parody, number one, not always just go after the biggest hit, but then to find a hook or an angle and to... continuously reinvent himself we'll go through it but he has definitely had down periods but then he always comes back roaring and and it's like this guy is one of a kind oh yeah and to that point since we're kind of working backwards think about this his last album mandatory fun 2014 was his first number one album to have its first number one album during its debut week. Yeah. His end of his career was technically stronger than some of the stuff that we're going to talk about today. That blows my mind. That blows my mind, Who does that? Who does that? Who does that? Most people, every musician we've talked about, they have ups and downs, of course, but it's that sweet spot early on after their first album or so that usually is incredible, he's gotten better. Think of this, this big, he had a couple before this, but his big breakout was Weird Al Yankovic in 3D in 1984. Yep. That means 30 years later, he had his biggest hit. That is unheard of. Yep. Especially for what he does. The guy's a genius. And in his in his own way, I he really is a genius. I mean, he graduated high school at sixteen. Did he really? And wow. yeah, I mean, he, he he is he's a he's a very intellectually smart person, and 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 then culturally smart as well. But smells like Nirvana was so big for him <laughs> because it was, and, and this was like Weird Al is back. That was our first time of Weird Al falling out of cultural relevance for a while and then coming back three years after the movie and being like, Weird Al is back and better than ever. And he wanted to do black or white. He asked Michael Jackson permission 
to do a parody of Black or White, and Michael Jackson said no because it's really? such a serious song and you know deals with race and all that. And he's like, "You can do fat, you can do eat it, but I will draw the line at <laughs> Black or White." Yeah. And so he had to come up with another hit. He didn't have a hit for that CD, and then he asked Nirvana through. Through the the lady who was the blonde girl in, in UHF and she was on SNL, Nirvana was performing on SNL and he asked her to ask them and they were like, yeah, dude, we're we're now gonna do a parody of us. We finally made it, Nirvana, who, who killed off hair bands and launched grunge and a whole new generation of music didn't make it until Weird Al. What's funny is I, it's funny it's so perfect. You're not like you know I'm a I'm a huge Nirvana fan and you are not a huge Nirvana fan. I I I feel like my favorite part of this album was literally Weird Al naked in the pool swimming for the yeah. donut pretending to be yeah. the, the replicating the baby. And yes. that that was funnier to me than probably the whole rest of it. I think because I loved Nirvana so much and I know, you know, smells like teen spirit was culturally huge, huge. I mean, so big. I'm glad he did it, but I don't think it could be my favorite because it's, they're my favorite. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas like ah. fat and eat it and all that kind of stuff is just so ridiculous. And so like, I mean, and Michael Jackson was like the king of pop. So like yeah. making fun of the biggest cultural icon singer dancer of an entire generation over something so trivial like fat and eat it were were mm -hmm. funnier to me than this is too modern. Like, what's up with this? And it, it starts out I, with what's the song all about? Can't figure any lyrics <laughs> out. So like, <laughs> it's hilarious. You, I, I oh, can't. Shit, I, I, oh, damn it. You can't understand me with all these curse. marbles in my mouth. And when he's, when he's doing the solo, he, he's, he's gargling with water and the guys on fire behind him. And the cheerleaders have pit hair and everything about the video and the song was just so on point. And he needed that. I want to emphasize how important that song was for him because that album did not have a hit on it. And he was looking for a hit to bring it all together. As you mentioned, it gave him the album cover, yeah. which is by far <laughs> his most amazing and recognizable parody cover. It gave him the cover. It gave him his big hit. It showed that he was culturally relevant still, like had his pulse on the changing times of music. He wanted to do snack all night. That was going to be what he did for Black or White. Snack all night. I'm glad he didn't do it because it yeah. was another Michael Jackson song. It's another food song. It wouldn't have been his big comeback without Smells Like Nirvana. And no. the cultural, the context of this was 1989's UHF. Listen to the archives. We did a whole episode on UHF. Good movie. And, and it's not hated, but it came out in the summer of 89 when there was Indiana Jones, Batman, Ghostbusters, Do the Right Thing, all these amazing movies. One of the greatest movies, summer blockbusters of all time and just got buried. And when if you're going to go, I went to so many movies that year 
And I always wanted to see UHF, but there's always something I wanted to see more. I'd rather see Batman again. I'd rather see... I'm giving you the crazy eyes this episode. I'd rather see Batman a third time in theaters. I'd love to... You know, Karate Kid 3. All these movies were out. And so... It just got buried. It wasn't a bad movie. It was a great movie. But when you're in the biz and you have a crap movie that doesn't make its money back, that means you're done. It means you no, don't you get have to a, make it movies need to be crap. until When you have a movie that doesn't make money, when you have a movie right. that doesn't make money, it can be game over. It can be a great movie. I mean, it's it's not even a crap movie. It's just didn't work. You're out. Yeah, I do want to over say- Over 30 years, you had to wait to make another one. Well, I got to say, you are correct in the standpoint that um, I don't think we'd be sitting here talking about Weird Al today, at least not to the extent that we would geeking out about it, had he not done Smells Like Nirvana. Because you're right. He had done so much of that 80s pop and, and you know, Michael Jackson, Madonna, you know, uh, he hit everything in that genre. Had he continued to do the same thing, and the fact that it was going to be more on food. Yes. Literally, that probably would have killed him. I don't think he'd Very be coming. I don't think he'd be coming. I don't think we'd be talking about this today. His career would have been over or at least heavily dwindled because he would have gone from UHF smell and then and then another comedy out parody album that just was more of the same. But yep. You you he got come he out. He got lucky. He got very lucky. He got lucky. He got lucky that Michael Jackson said no. He should be thanking Michael Jackson that Michael Jackson said no, you can't do a parody of Black or White. It's too serious. Because it would have been another Michael Jackson song, another song about food, and it would we were we were sitting here praising him about how he has his finger on the cultural times. Well, that proves he didn't. If he was going after Michael Jackson in 1992, yes, I know Michael Jackson was making his own 90s kind of resurgence, but it would have killed him. It showed that he did not have his finger on the pulse as much. And he Yet. got very lucky that he Yet. went for something else. And then, of course, when he got to Gangsta's Paradise, again, showed he's now doing a different genre. He's now doing Correct. rap. And he's now keeping abreast of that popularity. Well, and that's and that's what and, I think. And I think, I think again, without, without changing, without being told no and then doing this, it probably, I don't, I mean, I don't have any fact behind this, but it probably gave him the strength to push his limit and go out because he had, you know, eighties pop is its own thing. I mean, yes, if that's what you're mimicking, that's it's so hard when you're hitting that type of beat, that type of sound, that type of lyric to then transition to something like Nirvana grunge marbles in the mouth, <laughs> you know, to, <laughs> to be doing that, that probably gave him the strength and the confidence to then push his limit, to be able to do something like tackle Coolio and start getting into <laughs> rap and the other things that he did and white and nerdy in the, I mean, I think, I think this gave him that push. So um, yes, Michael Jackson, thank you for saying no, because without you, we wouldn't have the weird owl we have today. Yeah, his 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 music video parody of Fat was probably. I mean, I, to me, it was be, it's better than the song. 
Yes. You know what I mean? Like the video is so perfect. The video is just incredible. Him in the big fat suit <laughs> doing the exact yes. moves and trying to be Michael J. If you would have, if he would have yes. made fun of any other or parodied, sorry, any other song other than something like Michael Jackson, because only somebody like Jacks Michael Jackson moved like MJ, right? I mean that that's mm-hmm. I mean his moves were identifiable. So the fact that Weird Al in a fat suit is trying to do the exact same moves is what makes that so delicious. <laughs> and and he's, you know, he's, he always <laughs> I love the the big the regularly large dude who's just eating a sandwich and he's also the camera yeah, the operator in UHF. Yeah, have a hoagie. On, have a whole wheat. <laughs> have a whole wheat. Come on. And and the, and the sound effects, the whoosh, 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 ah! and, and the fact that the when the wind comes on, it blows them all back. And it's this because the bad video was so cool and, and serious and like all this stuff. And I loved bad. Bad was like, my song like michael jackson i was already aware of him you know thriller had been out for years we grew up with it but when bad came out in 87 i'm like this is my jam man bad i listen to bad so many times and then fat was just so perfect yeah and and that's and that's why it's my favorite it has to be the hybrid of the music and and the video because i mean with weird al you just and and here's the other thing about where he came out at the right time. MTV, man. Like the fact that people were yes. showing music videos. We got to remember like now it's like you got to search out the video or search out the artist to try to find anything. Like it's hard to find this kind of stuff. So the fact that you could be sitting there uh, like, you know, in front of your TV and go from Michael Jackson to Weird Al... <laughs> You know, you know, in a fat suit is is I mean that that couldn't hurt. And so between everything he did with the modern time of the 80s on television and then pairing that with what he did uh in the early 90s uh you know with Nirvana um I mean it paved the way for the next two decades. And, and then working off Madonna was uh, working off Michael Jackson was beautiful but then moving on to Madonna, another great target, another perfect thing that just catapults them because Madonna, MTV, Michael Jackson, MTV, and Madonna actually sought him out. That is true. Sought him out to do a parody, and she came up with the idea for the song title, Like a Surgeon. Really? She wanted She wanted that Al... That Al bump, man. She wanted that weird Al bump. So, so that's true. See, I always thought it was fake because they only met once for like five minutes behind stage. It doesn't like, mean they met. I mean, she could have yeah, other people. But meet, she did you know, ser- so. search them out. See, I just I knew they didn't spend any time together. But uh, okay, all right, that's pretty cool. I mean, you know, you're hitting I, uh, strides when somebody like Madonna, one of the most, I mean, one of the top musician women musicians of all time in and of her own right. And then one of the biggest musicians of all time, period, in so many different categories, like we talked about on that episode. On the Madonna episode. Seeking you out. Somebody Mm -hmm. like that seeking you out to say, please make a parody of my song. And that, 
And that video was so perfect because he's mimicking her in the video where she's crawling all around and being sexy, but he's in a surgeon and there's blood everywhere and he's, he's in the scrubs and he's like on the bed, on the gurney, being all seductive, mimicking her (laughs) movements perfectly, but covered in blood as a surgeon. She, she had her finger on the pulse. She's like, look at what he did for Michael Jackson and how it, it feeds into more record sales of the original song and more exposure and get people talking. So, yeah, genius. And that was, you know, that was off of Dare to be Stupid. And of course, Dare to be Stupid, the song appeared in the Transformers movie from 1986. Dare to be stupid, dare to be stupid. Like, not a parody. He wrote an actual song, a real song called Dare to be Stupid that wasn't parody. It was in the style of Devo. But, you know, did his own thing. And so we're, we've, we've talked about Weird Al so much, dude. We talked about it on the Transformers movie episode. Check that out. We talked about it, the Madonna episode. We talked to, you know, the UHF episode. Go back and listen to past episodes of Less Than 2000. People are going to think that we Weird have Al a content. real, real love affair for Weird Al. <laughs> Why did you have to say it like that, man? Because I said love affair and Weird Al. <laughs> No. So he kind of had another dip. That's when he had his second dip of our lifetime. One in the late 80s, early 90s. Now the mid 90s until Bad Hair Day. And it was a huge, huge hit for him. Of course, Amish Paradise was the big one from that one. But again, what what had changed? What changed? That's Coolio's song. And the culture changed, so it was another shift. I mean, because, I mean, within a year, it went from, like, like this kind of music hit everywhere USA, right? So the culture yep. shift, and on top of it, Coolio was literally like the Michael Jackson at that moment. That song, his song, was everywhere. Everywhere. And not just, everywhere. Like, Red Hot Chili Peppers getting some good play on MTV. You know, not not like just kind of. It was everywhere. And again, broke out of his comfort zone and it worked. And and you're absolutely right. We talked about that on the Gangsta's Paradise episode. Go back and listen to that in the archives. <laughs> We're just repurposing. You know what? Are we going to start parodying our own stuff? Yeah, and I just feel remixing like, our own stuff. Yeah, I feel like since we already covered everything. so much of Weird Al in our other topics of the artist that he parodied, <laughs> yeah. that that now we're making a parody of our own show. He 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 famously had a beef with, or Coolio famously had a beef with him. Uh, of course, as we talked about on on the Gangsters Paradise episode, it changed music forever. Chad just mentioned it. It it made rap mainstream. It was no longer on just a hip hop or R and B station. This was top forty music. Now this is the pop music of our of the mid nineties, and he totally nailed it. Amish Paradise is such a funny song, such a funny video. It's so so well done. But Coolio hated it. This is a very serious song. He said it at the American Music Awards or the Grammys or something, when Coolio won it, he's up there on stage and somebody asked him, have you heard Amish Paradise? And he's like, yeah, not cool, bro. They asked me for permission. I said, no, they did it anyway. 
Now, I watched the VH1 Behind the Music last night. That was the actual VH1 Behind the Music from like 2000 or 2001, okay? Weird Al said his management did ask, he was told that Weird Al's management did ask Coolio and he got permission and, and did it. And so it was all a big misunderstanding. He was under the impression he had clearance. Um, and, and so maybe he ch- Coolio changed his mind or took himself too seriously, or maybe the management just told Weird Al that they had clearance. But the point is, it was a, it was a beef for a while, which I understand they got beyond at a certain point. But Coolio was like, not cool, bro. That's a serious song and not something to parody. And I did not give you permission. Well, I mean, you know, I take that two. There's a two-handed thing here. One, yeah, if you don't have permission, I mean, it's maybe somebody lied to either one of them or maybe, you know, something happened. Maybe they knew it would be good. Maybe they knew it would be good for Coolio's career if he did it and just didn't tell him, you know? Tell him whatever you need to say. Yeah. Just whatever. Get Weird Al in there and record Amish Paradise. Correct. This is the next big hit. It's been a down three years. Exactly. So, I mean, that that would be bad. However, it's also kind of like, give yourself a break, man. Don't take yourself too seriously, Coolio. You have one of the right. biggest hits of all time. If 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 Madonna can give permission to Weird Al before Weird Al really even became a huge, huge cultural icon. I mean, he was big, but he's not. I mean, he went up in time. If Madonna can say yes, if Michael Jackson can say yes, I'm pretty certain, Coolio, you can say yes. I'm sorry. Come on. Yep. I Madonna sought him out to do a parody. Nirvana gave their permission and said, "We finally made it." Take you know, the album a year cover after their Take biggest the hit. Album cover. <laughs> yeah, They're like, exactly. "Just rip us up." Take the album cover. But no, Coolio, too cool. Coolio, no. Yeah, it it is, and 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 just rounding out the '90s. I'm not super familiar with the last one from '99, "Running with Scissors." Um, I don't even know these songs other than "Pretty Fly for a Rabbi," uh, and and now keeping in mind "Pretty Fly for a White Guy" by Offspring would have been a good five years earlier than this minimum, if not earlier. I'm thinking '94 maybe when that Offspring album came out. Yep. So is five years past the sell-by date on that particular so period? Again, and back I don't down. recognize these other ones. Back, back down. down. It's where he goes back, back down. down. But it's it's come on. I mean we we've. We've talked about Rush. We've talked about all kinds of bands that have had huge decade after decade. Peaks careers. and valleys. It always peaks and valleys. You are 100% yep. correct. And so I feel like um, I feel like Weird Al should look back on his life and think, by golly, I'm the best dang parody artist that ever hit the scene for music. <laughs> 